In just a short period of time, marijuana stories have become some of the most popular at Barron's.com, usually besting topics like Tesla, Apple, even Bitcoin. Everyone wants to know one thing. Should I buy pot stocks? I'm Alex Yule. Welcome to The Readback. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Barron's senior writer, Bill Alpert, who's created a rather unique beat around pot investing and just wrote his latest cover story on the phenomenon. Hey, Bill, it's great to have you here. We've really been waiting to do this podcast for a while now. Me too. So how did we get here? Most of the developed countries are on their way to legalizing marijuana and deciding that since it's no worse for you than alcohol, why should it be more severely regulated? So individual states here in the U.S. have taken it on themselves to say, under our state laws, we're going to allow pot. Recreational marijuana use passed in Colorado and Washington state. Residents of Oregon, Alaska, and the U.S. Capitol voted to legalize marijuana on Tuesday in key victories that could fuel the legalization movement. That means people can smoke it just for the fun of it. It's amazing. I'm not a criminal anymore. I can't go to jail for small amounts of marijuana. Michigan became the latest state to approve recreational marijuana. That means there are now a total of 33 states which have approved some form of legalized pot, whether recreational or medicinal. And then Canada leaped ahead of everybody by legalizing it nationwide in October. Today, I'm also pleased to announce that the new recreational cannabis regime will officially come into force on October 17th of this year. And just like that, pot's become an investable product? Yeah, so uh, the... People involved in this industry say it can be as big as booze and tobacco and that it will be $50, $100 billion in the U.S. and even more everywhere in the world. And can you give us a sense of how many publicly listed marijuana companies there are right now? There are dozens, maybe even hundreds, most of them tiny microcap things, but there are only seven or eight companies that are piecing together multi-state sales empires. And that's Tilray and Canopy Growth are the two biggest ones? Yeah, and Aurora Cannabis is another one, and the fourth one is Afria. Those are the four big ones. And what are these companies worth now? Just give us a sense. Tens of billions of dollars as an industry. So okay. Individually, they're 5 to $10 billion. And there's still some very weird things, though, going on. One of them that seems so unusual or odd to me is that U.S. pot companies trade in Canada and Canadian pot companies list in the U.S., What's going on there? The main reason is because it remains illegal under U.S. federal law. So even though federal prosecutors in the Treasury have stood down and aren't going after pot users or small-scale sellers if they're not organized crime or not selling to kids, it's still illegal on the books. And so the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ won't list any of the companies that are selling pot here in the U.S. because they're violating federal law and the stock exchanges are afraid of being called money launderers. Same with most of the banks. So it's a cash business. It's quite archaic. What do you mean when you say that these are cash businesses? I mean that if you go into one of these stores, you can't give them your credit or debit card. You have to pay them cash because the credit card companies and the big banks won't deal with these companies. 
they won't actually connect their credit card networks to these stores. Nope. And they have to find a small bank or credit union usually who will take their deposits. So this is sort of like the 1930s or something where companies at the end of the day, they're having their workers take loads of cash and bringing it to a bank? Yeah, and there were congressional hearings recently to talk about a law that would convince banks to deal with these companies because the employees are getting robbed. It's a terrible risk. So the but, infrastructure isn't there. That's where the federal government laws get in the way still. Yes, and the companies up in Canada, they're only selling in Canada where it is now legal. And so the New York and the NASDAQ don't have any problem listing their stock. So it's quite backwards. That's fascinating. Yeah. And Americans, though, are able and should feel free to invest in these U.S. companies that are trading in Canada? Or do they sure. also face potential federal law issues yeah, if they're investing. Not, in. No, there's not going to be any risk if you buy the stocks. You can buy in Canada. And they do trade over the counter here, most of them, on what's now called the OTC market groups. So there are a lot of people out there that really love marijuana. These companies are growing their sales, and yet their profits really aren't there yet. Why is that? It would seem like there should be earnings at this point. Part of the reason may be because they don't know how to run a company profitably. They're all new at this. If they weren't new at it, then it meant that they were selling marijuana illegally. Okay. <laughs> so the other reason that they would give is that they're investing heavily in opening new stores and cultivation operations. So they're sinking money into those. And there's enormous capital spending that these companies are doing. So that's similar to maybe other startups who often yeah. for the first few years, especially when they're backed by venture capital companies, are not rolling in profits even as sales grow. It's hard to know whether they're making wise investments that will yield future profits or whether they're just clods who don't know how to make money. How do we actually value these companies? Well, you ultimately want to value them just like any other business. And that would be so far, a that would mean zero, of, wouldn't it, if they have no profits? Yep. But there are a lot of companies and stocks that people will buy anticipating great growth. So right, of course. this will be a big market here in the U.S. for whoever succeeds. And people buying these stocks are looking ahead to that and trying to guess who the winners are going to be. And what do you think are the right metrics? I mean, what so far are people paying attention to? So companies amusingly try to direct your attention to you know, different funny measures, just like they did when the internet was starting right. out. And so- All sorts uh, of funny acronyms. Yeah. And so a lot of these companies will say, uh, we've licenses in 10 states. The population of those 10 states is 125 million. And so our stores will reach 125 million potential adult pot purchasers, but then you have to look again to see that they only have 10 stores. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so it's quite ridiculous. And one of the company executives rightly uh, calls out his rivals for trying to promote themselves with these silly population counts. And the best that you can do now is count stores and how many licenses for stores they have. And licenses have become a big thing. You point out how a lot of these 
existing companies are actually very pro-regulation, which in some ways seems counterintuitive. I assume that has something to do with the licenses, right? Yes. It's one of those amusing industries where they're begging to be regulated. And that's because they're hoping to limit competition. Okay. And these companies, almost every one of them, say that they're only interested in states that are awarding a small or a finite number of licenses. So the valuable thing here isn't so much the acreage or how much pot you're actually growing. It's the license you control. Yeah, so the pot growing and uh, maybe even producing isn't going to be much fun in the long run. It's going to be like any other agricultural commodity. And in the tobacco industry, you in no way want to be the farmer. They make very little. You want to be the person with the brand that is getting all the profits. And you've talked about how there are certain states that are very open when it comes to growing and selling, and these businesses want no part of those states. Exactly. Oregon, Colorado, uh, apparently Oklahoma, if you satisfy the requirements to become a grower or seller, they'll let any number of people do it pretty much. So these companies all talk about how prices are falling for cannabis in Oregon and nobody's making money, so we don't want to go anywhere near there. And we like these states where some commission is handing out a handful of licenses and it'll be a nice, cozy oligopoly. There are a lot of companies that are kind of trying to get involved. There's a lot of bigger companies. Constellation, the uh, alcohol maker, being probably the most famous. Canopy Growth is getting a big investment from Constellation Brands, the big liquor company. They're going to be the largest shareholder after they pay about $245 million Canadian, which is about $191 million U.S., for about a 9.9% stake in this company, which is... Altria's bought into Kronos. The shares of the Kronos Group are up nearly 24% right now. Under the deal, Altria will be investing $1.8 billion for a 45% stake in the Kronos Group. The tobacco maker can increase its investment to 55% over the How much of that is the investment case for these smaller marijuana stocks that someone big is going to come in and buy? So they're all saying that they're going to operate their stores and build a national chain of hot outlets. But I think in the back of their minds, they're figuring that their plan B will be to sell out either to another one of these chains or to one of the companies coming down from Canada or a tobacco or alcohol company. Yeah. And why, why does tobacco, why does alcohol want in? Because those markets are leveling off. Beer sales are kind of settling down. Tobacco, of course, is decreasing. And so they need to go somewhere. This is all happening with federal law still restricting marijuana. Is there going to come a time where there'll be so much money here that Wall Street will simply force the federal government's hand and they'll have no choice but to decriminalize marijuana? Certainly, yeah. The question is when at this point. Yeah. So the federal government, they're going to back into it. So there's a bill that had hearings this week in congressional subcommittee that would tell banks it's okay to handle the money from these companies. So that's that one. Writing about. That's, so that's one step. Telling the yes. banks you guys can be part of this. We're not gonna. We're not gonna come after you. Yes, and then another interesting proposal is called the States Act, and it came out last year. Didn't pass, of course, but they're going to keep pushing, and that may pass in the next year or two, and that would say that all of the federal laws against marijuana 
don't apply within a state that has legalized it. Got it. And what's interesting, too, is this isn't necessarily your typical partisan issue, I don't think, right? Because there are all sorts of folks involved, including some pretty prominent Republicans that have gotten involved in the marijuana industry. Yes. One of the funniest sites in this industry is a company called Acreage, which has loaded up its advisory board with Republican politicians and Tories from Canada. So they've got John Boehner, the former Speaker of the House. They've got William Weld, who was Massachusetts governor and just declared his candidacy for presidency. And Brian Mulroney, who was the Tory prime minister from Canada. So no longer just a liberal issue to make pot legal in the United States. Yeah, there's a lot of bipartisan support for legalization. We sort of talked about this around the edges, but I've been getting the question from people I know who often say to me, should I buy marijuana stocks? And I really don't know the answer. I, I tend to not give that kind of advice. I like to just let our whatever we write speak for itself. I imagine you're getting that question. If they're asking me, then they probably have some funny money to play around with. And this is as reasonable a speculation as any other venture startup. That's an interesting way to put it, a venture startup. So not perhaps Coca-Cola, but more of a startup company that you can buy into at the ground floor. Yeah, there are loads of uncertainties and risks, but that's where you get the crazy upside. And that's why these stocks are trading as high as they are compared to the slight track records of these companies. All right, Bill, thanks for joining us. Thanks. You can read Bill Alpert's ongoing marijuana industry coverage in this week's Barron's and, as always, on Barron's.com. I'm Alex Yule. The show is produced by Meta Lutzhoff. The Readback will return next Wednesday.